Good morning, church. Um, again, it's just a deep honor to be with you and be able to get into God's Word with you, which I really look forward to. We're in this series called Raising Heroes, if you haven't been with us. Um, some of you I know have been in, in children's ministry, and now you're joining us for a, a couple weeks. We're giving our children's staff a, a breath, all our volunteers, just a breath for a couple weeks, and having families join us, and really welcome to you. We're really very, very grateful that you would come and bring your families. And if you're new with us, I'd love for you to find a family, a place that can encourage your spiritual growth and challenge you. So I hope this is that place and really good to be with you. So we're in this series. I invite you to turn your Bibles open. And as we go, um, it's 2 Chronicles chapter 34. It's page 386, I believe, in the Bible in front of you or on your phone. It's just right, 2 Chronicles, just type right in, you're, you're good to go. So we've been looking at heroes, and what I need is a couple of volunteers to help me out. Great. Thanks, brother. You don't mind if I pick on you, do you? No, I don't mind. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay, so you need to introduce yourself. And in a second, I'm going to ask you, if you had one superpower, what would it be? If you could have just one and you could choose it, what would it be? Okay, so, but first introduce us. Tell us your name. Okay, we'll start with you. My name is Owen Mitchell. Thanks, Owen Mitchell. Appreciate it. Good to have you here. <laughs> hey, Owen, just let me ask you a question. How long have you been coming to Bridges? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's been quite a while. I think uh, it must be about 20 years. About 20 years, right. So two-fifths of the time we've been around. That's fantastic. Okay. Well, I believe you already introduced me when you called me up. <laughs> I always pick the characters, don't I? Hey, Ethan, good to have you here. Hey. Thanks. And if you could embarrass your parents really well when you're up here, that'd be great. Yeah. And then you. My name's Savannah. Thanks, Savannah. Great. So, um, who would like to choose a superpower? Any superpower? You've got one already, Ethan? Okay, great. The ability to stay young. <laughs> oh, that would be a good superpower. How many of you would like that superpower right there? Yeah, I see some of those hands. Great. Savannah, if you think of one, or should we have Owen go first and give you a little chance? Okay. Mr. Mitchell will go. Now, what are the restrictions on this No restrictions, but you only get one. One superpower? One superpower. God. Oh, you would like like to be like God, or you would like, what's what's your super? Well, maybe God-like. Okay, you'd like to be God-like. Okay. Wow. Well, he's got a lot of superpowers, right? Okay. The ability to fly. Ooh, flying. I've always wanted to do that. I think that would be great. Now, can you fly an airplane? Yes, you can fly an airplane, but I can't fly like just by myself without an airplane or a helicopter or some other form of... Yeah, I knew you were going to go there. Okay. Okay, so think for a second if you had any kind of superpower you could have. And um, I'm going to give you a cape because you're going to be superheroes today. So I need, you need a cape. You can't Unless you're an incredible, you can't do. Okay, so who wants the star cape? It's got to be able to fit over your head. You don't want the star cape? Okay, I've got a cape for you, Savannah. How about this? This is a nicer cape. It's got a little drawstring right there. And Owen, this is yours. If you can get that over you, okay. Now, you can only have, which one do you want, the green one? The green one works. Oh, but you got to have one. And it matches your shirt. Here, turn around, Ethan. Don't stop giving me a hard time. Come on. There you go. Okay. Great. Good. 
Now, it's supposed to go the opposite way. Yeah, it's a red star, but you're supposed to actually, it's a cape. So it, it goes on the other side. There you go. Man, tough volunteers this morning. Okay. Okay, now, I want you to think of one thing, just one thing that you would love for God to be able to give to you that you could do. So a power that God could give to you. So it's not just a superpower, but something that God could do. And we're going to give you a few moments to think about it. So I want you to go back. You've got to wear your cape. Take your cape with you. Yeah. Yeah, you have to. Sorry. Otherwise, your parents are going to be really upset at you and put you on restriction. Okay. It's okay. Oh, I don't like it. Okay. Okay, now you need to go sit down, okay? Go sit down for a second. I don't want you to think about that. One thing you'd really love God to give to you. Great, thanks, Owen. Thank you for volunteering. Keep that cape on, if you would, please. You look stunning in it. And we're going to look at one person's life. Actually, a very ordinary person. The Bible tells us that this person and her family had a very ordinary job. We're going to get to that in a second. But it was a woman who stood out as extraordinary, this ordinary person that God chose to do an extraordinary thing. And the extraordinary thing was actually to bring an entire nation back to himself through what she would do. In this moment where she gets asked this really important question, and she gets identified as a woman who does what we want to do most. So, one point. Last week, we had a little practice. This week, we're going to take one point And the point we want to press home for all of us is this, that we are to listen to the Lord and courageously speak for him. And we're going to do it this way. We're just going to have all the people who are over 30 in the crowd who have begun the wrinkled face. I was told, actually, after the first service, I shouldn't call you wrinkled people anymore because um, with age comes wisdom. So I should call them wisecracks, actually. So that, that's what I'm going to call this morning. The wise, all you wisecracks that are over 30, you're going to say, listen to the Lord. Because we all know, those of us especially who have walked with the Lord for a season, that's one of the most significant things we can do this week is to listen to him. To not listen to our own agenda or the words of our culture, but actually to be in tune with the Lord's voice, to listen to him. And then when he speaks... And when he calls us to speak into the lives of our neighbors or people at work or people at school, to speak courageously. So all those under 30 are going to say, speak courageously, okay? So we're going to practice, and then at the end of the message, we're going to do it with a little bit more force. All those who are wisecracks, that is 30 or over, if you would say, listen to the Lord on three as loud as you possibly can, and then the 30 on down crowd is going to say, speak courageously, okay? Got it? One, listen to the Lord is your phrase if you forgot already and you're one of those people who's getting older, okay? One, two, three. That was pretty good, wasn't it? 30 on down. Let's see if you can do it a little bit louder. Can you do that? You can do it, right, Ethan? Okay, 30 on down. Speak courageously. One, two, three. Really? That's all you got? You're 30 on down? You got, okay, I know you can do this a little bit better. So, kids. I need you to help me, okay? If you're 30 on down, you have to own it, okay? 30 on down, speak courageously. One, two, three. 
Okay, that's a little better, and you're going to have to practice. At the end of the message, you're going to have a chance to do it, to listen to the Lord and speak courageously. And those were two actions, actually, that God took in the life of this very ordinary person. Her name is Huldah. And he used this woman to lead a nation where he was calling them. A little bit of history. How many of you like history? I, I've always liked history. And the history of nation, the nation of Judah and the bigger nation of Israel was that they had walked away from the Lord. And if you read through the Old Testament, you know this is kind of a regular pattern for them. But in the days of King Josiah, who became king when he was just a young kid, he had a dad who walked a long ways away from the Lord and a grandfather who had walked a long ways away from the Lord. They had worshipped all kinds of false gods, brought in all kinds of evil practices, things that broke the heart of God. And then God did a work. He brought in this new king. His name is Josiah. And next week, Pastor Mark Wold, who was here with us for over 17 years with our fellowship, is going to be with us. And it's going to be great to have Mark. And um, Pastor Dale Goncalves, many of you know Dale, who's been with us. He was here for a lot of years with us. He's going to be sharing. The three of us are going to give a message out of Josiah's life. Um, But what happened in Josiah's life was that even though he had these generations before him who didn't know the Lord, follow him, he had some godly advisors when he was a young kid, and he listened to them, and he had a tender heart to the Lord, and he started responding to God and then trying to figure out How in the world do I lead an entire country that's gone off the rails back to him? And that's what we're going to really be talking about, the force next week of repentance and how repentance changes everything. But that's next week. This week, um, Josiah's in this place and trying to understand who God is. And they discover, after all these years of not knowing and not reading it, God's word. It's like they went on this treasure hunt and they discover the most valuable thing possible. It's the word of God, and they didn't know it. Nobody, nobody knew it or understood it. And when Josiah starts reading God's word, all of a sudden, he just is brokenhearted, and he just starts crying. Why do you think he cried? Have you ever been reading in the Bible and all of a sudden been convicted there's a part of your life that's not square with what God wants? If you never have, you haven't read very much scripture probably (laughs) or been honest when you read it because one of the things God loves to do is use his spirit to convict us of sin and ungodliness, things that were not square with his desires for our life. And that's what happened in Josiah's life. He became brokenhearted. He heard this, but then he had a problem. He needed to understand God's word. He needed people's help for him to understand it. The great news was that he had a broken heart. He had a tender heart toward the Lord. He shared a heart like, like David had, where David prays out Psalm 139, where he says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. God, what's inside? I want you to test me and know me and see if there's any wicked or grievous way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. Turn me around and lead me toward you. That, that's what characterized Josiah's heart. But he's wise enough to know that he needed people to help him understand Scripture. And that's really, I think, a great word for us of encouragement, that we have to find a safe place with people that are committed to you and your spiritual growth and ask them about God's Word. That's why we have small groups here. That's why we have uh, junior high ministry and high school ministry and children's ministry. We 
we seek to endeavor to be a place where you can find a safe place. That's why we do Celebrate Recovery. We do a whole group of ministries so people can find safe places to dig into God's Word and discover what it's saying to them. And so that's what's happening here. He's trying to find a safe place. And he goes to two of his friends who are in leadership positions. Actually, one was the chief scribe of the country. That is the person who's supposed to write down the words of God. And one was the chief priest, was supposed to lead the nation of Israel in their spiritual journey. And their problem was they didn't have the word of God. That, that could be a problem, right, for spiritual leaders in the nation. So he turns to his two friends. One was named Shaphan and the other was Hilkiah. Crazy names. I know you guys. I don't think anybody here has named that. But he turns to these two guys and they don't know the word. And that's a big problem, isn't it? Can I just say this? Um, Parents, I know you have great dreams for your kids and great aspirations for them. We certainly do. My wife and I do. And I know that you do. There's no greater aspiration, I think, for your kids, for them to actually know God and be responsive to him. And that can't happen unless they know God's word. They're in God's word. And you've got to be the people that help them there, right? You, you have that responsibility as parents to step in there. And you're going to fail that responsibility if you're not listening to God, if you're not in God's word yourself. So they were struggling in their role, these two guys who were supposed to be spiritual leaders of this entire country. And the king comes to them and says, I need to know. And they don't know. So where do they turn? They looked around and they tried to figure out who's the most godly person that we know. And it turns out that the person that the leadership of this nation turns to is this woman who's a seamstress. And her entire family, they were in charge of the royal wardrobe. That was their job, very common job. And nothing set Hulda apart except this, that she had an extraordinary walk with God. And so they turned to this woman, Hulda, The king said, Josiah said, go inquire of the Lord for me and for them that are left in Israel concerning the words of the book that's been found. For great is the wrath of the Lord that's poured out upon us because our fathers have not kept the word of the Lord and do after all that is written. In fact, he said, generations, we've walked away from the Lord. He's brokenhearted. Where do we turn? Go find somebody. And they turn to Huldah. Verse 22, so... Hilkiah and those whom the king had sent went to Huldah, the prophetess, the wife of Shalom, the son of Tokath, the son of Hasra, keeper of the wardrobe. Now, she lived in Jerusalem in the second quarter and spoke to her to that effect. So I look around and they say, who knows the Lord? And they go to this woman, Huldah, and they say, the king is seeking out the Lord and his word and needs to know. Can you help us? Think about that. Think about, like, if some of you I know are going back to school this week. Isn't that great? Yeah. Yeah, one yay. Okay, good. And, and some of you are going to be going to work, some of you in your neighborhood. What if people looked at you and knew that you were a person who walked with the Lord? And when they got in a tough spot, when they were struggling with their walk, um, with something with their family or at work or at school, they looked around and they said, yeah, Joe's the one we need to talk to. 
Reuben's the guy. I, we need to talk with him. We, we need to talk to Tony, right? We, we need to talk to you and have a relationship because you know God. And so they turned to this woman, Huldah, so they would understand the word of the Lord. I, we have um, two boys, you know, in my family, and we were having a conversation a few years back with one of them who was struggling with a class at school. And I can remember talking with the son and saying, you know, there's only really two things that matter above all other things. And if you get these right, as parents, we're going to be so proud of you. We're, I mean, this is the one thing we really hope for and dream for. Love God, love people. You do those things, and you've aced it. You've aced your test. Now, they don't get graded at school for that, and we still want our kids to do well in school, and we have aspirations. But these are our central aspirations as parents, and I hope they would be yours, that you would be delighted if that's the one thing that they excel at, loving God and loving people. And apparently that's what stood out in Hulda's life. So they went to her. Being exceptional is not that complicated, men and women. You may see yourself as ordinary, but God does extraordinary things to people who have that squared away, who love him with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love other people. It only requires that you love the Lord and obey his word. And God desires to make you exceptional in that. And it's not that complicated. James says, draw near to the Lord and he will draw near to you. James 4a. So these leaders of Josiah's cabinet, they're conscious of this. And they go and they want to speak to her. Sometimes we resist that role, don't we? We, we don't, you know, God's Spirit's prompting us to have a, a conversation with a friend and to speak out, and we kind of resist that. We listen to him, but we're resisting that. I was talking to a friend recently, my friend, good friend Dennis, down in Southern California, and he was mentioning he was driving to his house after work one day, a long day at work, and God just prompted him. He had been having this time in the Word, and um, he was listening to the Word on his, you know, on, uh, on a tape or whatever he had. Probably wasn't a tape, right, a CD or whatever. And, um, and I just sensed God prompting him, to go knock on a new neighbor's door and say, do you need anything? He thought, oh, that's weird. I can't do that. I can't really listen to that kind of prompting. So he kept driving, pulled into his driveway, and all of a sudden, God's spirit was just like having a wrestling match with him, like, you need to go and just ask. And he's thinking, oh, okay, that's going to be weird. You know, I didn't even know this lady really. So he backs it up, and he goes to this person's house, and he knocks on the door, and he says, hey, I know this is really weird. You know, we don't even know each other, and you might think I'm really kind of a freak, and that's okay, but I just have to tell you that I, I was, God prompted me to come and knock on your door and ask you, do you need anything? And the woman breaks down and crying, and she says, I've got three kids. We don't have anything in the house, I, and I, was just, I just, for the first time, prayed out to him, God, if you're real. And Dennis is telling me the story. He's tearing up again. He's like, so I went to the store and got like three baskets full and just, you know, packed it up and gave it to her. And this woman has started to pursue Jesus just because he's responsive, right? And the point being that it's essential that we listen to the Lord and respond to that voice when we hear it. And Deborah was that 
I'm not Deborah. Hulda was that woman in the moment. Hulda listened to the Lord. Now, it was scary for her to respond because in a second, I'm going to turn to the message, what she said, and it's a hard message. And Hulda knew her government because Josiah's dad and grandfather I mentioned, they didn't walk with the Lord. And when a person spoke out for God in their day, they were killed. So she had to have that in her mind, thinking, if I say the wrong thing, this king can kill me. So she turns to the Lord, and she knows what God is going to say. It's a very hard message. But she was a woman, like many women in the Bible, who stood her ground. And she spoke for the Lord. Because, you know, I just want to affirm this, take a little tangent here, that God often speaks strongly to women. And if you go throughout the Old Testament, I mentioned Deborah, one of them. But all the way out through Scripture, God is using women to listen to the voice of the Lord and speak into the lives of others. Remember um, when Jesus was born and they go to the temple to dedicate Jesus there, and there's a woman, Anna, who is also, as the Bible designates, a prophetess, one who spoke for the Lord. And she speaks out words of affirmation to this new, scared couple who's got to be wondering what in the world have we got ourselves into with, with the Messiah, with Emmanuel with us. And she speaks words of encouragement. She's in the long line of ladies like this. And the point, I guess, being that throughout Scripture, women were called to hear God's voice and desires and make them known, just like men. And we affirm that here. So, Hulda speaks out. And she says to them, verse 23, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Tell the man who sent you to me, Thus says the Lord, Behold, I will bring disaster upon this place and upon its inhabitants and all the curses that are written in the book that was read before the king of Judah because they have forsaken me and have made offerings to other gods that they might provoke me to anger with all the works of their hands. Therefore, my wrath will be poured out on this place and, I will, and it will not be quenched. Josiah, all the things you've written and been brokenhearted about, they're going to come to pass. That's not good news. And she's risking her life to say the word of God, to speak that truthfully in the lives of other people. And there's sometimes, you guys, God will give you something to say in the life of people around you that is not easy. You're not called to sugarcoat it. You're not called to speak it out of judgmental or in a a condemning spirit. But you are called to speak the truth in love to people. And there's moments where that has to happen. And that moment came to hold this life. And she spoke courageously in the life of these leaders. But she also has a personal message to the king. And it's this. Verse 26. But to the king of Judah, who sent you to inquire of the Lord, thus shall you say to him, thus says the Lord. This is God's word. Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel. Regarding the words that you have heard, because your heart was tender and you humbled yourself before God when you heard his words against this place and its inhabitants, and you have humbled yourself before me and have torn your clothes and wept before me, because you had a repentant spirit when you heard God's word, you were tenderhearted and you're brokenhearted and turned toward me. Because of that, I have also heard you, declares the Lord. Behold, I will gather you to your fathers, and you shall be gathered to your grave in peace, and your eyes will not see all the disaster that I will bring upon this place and its inhabitants. And they brought back the word to the king. That is, Josiah, God is going to spare you. 
Judgment is coming, but God is going to spare you that because you had a tender heart. Because what God really wanted was a tender, repentant spirit. And they brought that message back to the king. And you know what happened? The country turned. Josiah gathers the leaders around him. And he gives them the message. And they're tender-hearted too when they hear the message. They, um, God had prepared their hearts apparently. And they received the message. And the country turned. Because of the words of one humble woman who was a seamstress. And in the moment, because of her reputation of walking with the Lord, the leaders came to her and she spoke courageously. She was not afraid to speak it out. Verse 29 says, And then the king sent and gathered together all the elders, the leaders of Judah and Jerusalem. And the king went up to the house of the Lord with all the men of Judah and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem and the priests and the Levites and all the people, both great and small. And he read in their hearing all the words of the book of the covenant that had been found in the house of the Lord. And as a result, they turned back to God. Because a woman who was tenderhearted listened to the Lord and she spoke courageously. Now, I need my volunteers to come back up. Oh, and I'm going to ask you to come back up. Thank you for being ready. Where'd Ethan go to? Come on up. Oh, you don't have that cape still on, Ethan? Come on. Okay. You want, you want help? I'll, the string actually is on this side. It's kind of complicated. Here it is. Here, let me just. There you go. Okay. You want to tie that around? There. Beautiful. Ethan, you need to turn on your cape. Come on, if you're going to be a real superhero. Okay, so I need you guys. Okay, I need you guys to help me out. I need you guys to lead the younger ones. And what's the word that you need to say? You need to say. Okay, do you need a help? Okay, I'm going to ask you. Do you think your dad could help you, Ethan? Is he here? Yes, he is. Can your dad help you? You can get one clue, or maybe your mom would be better. Who do you think would answer the question better? My father. Oh, okay, good. Who happens to be one of the elders at our church, by the way. Um, so listen to the Lord, and Be you guys. Courageous. Oh, you had it, right? You didn't even me, you're dead. Okay, great, great. Okay, okay, so you guys are going to say, speak courageously. We're going to let the wisecrackers go first, okay? And then you guys go. Does that make sense? Okay, but you guys need to lead all the younger ones so they're louder than everybody else, right? You think you can do that? Fantastic. I'm going to give you, this is a risk, I'm going to give you the mic, okay? Okay, so Owen, I need you. First, they're going to, we're going to do it first, and then you guys echo, okay? We say one, two, three, and all the older people are going to say, listen to the Lord, and then you're going to say, speak courageously. Perfect. Okay, ready? One, two, three. Listen to the Lord. Speak Except I need you guys to join them, okay, if you're younger than 30. One, two, three. Listen to the Lord. Speak courageously. Great. Fantastic. Thank you guys very, very much. That's I See, that was relatively painless. Thank you very much. You want to give me your cape back? Thank you. You can keep your cape if you'd like to for right now. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Owen, did you want that? I guess so. Hey, um, may I pray with you if I could? that God would lead us this way. And by the way, if some of this might have sounded different for you or strange, um, listening to the Lord, what's that all about? All your life, 
One of the reasons why you're here is because God has been speaking to you, and perhaps you've been resisting for a long time. His message to you really is that he loves you and wants a relationship with you, and he sent his son, Jesus Christ, so that you might have relationship with him. If you simply turn, if your heart simply was like Josiah's, that you turn toward him in repentance, turning around and seeking relationship, just getting honest and real and confessing your sin before him and seeking his forgiveness. He loves to forgive and he loves to invite you in a relationship. So I would just encourage you to go that direction. And if you're a follower of the Lord, then this week, above all, listen to the Lord. And when you hear his voice and when he's prompting you, be like Dennis and speak courageously. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you for this great message, a great example of Hulda, um, a woman who listened to you and was known as a person who listened to you. I pray you would make us as people known to our circle of influence, as people who know and walk with you. And I pray, Father, that you would give us opportunity this week, whether it's at school or at work or in our neighborhoods, wherever you might have us, to speak courageously for you. And I pray these things so that our Lord God would be honored and glorified. People would come in a relationship with him. And all God's people said, amen. Thank you for listening to the Bridges Community Church Sermon Podcast. Bridges Community Church is located in the San Francisco Bay Area in Fremont, California. For more information on Bridges Community Church, please check out our website at www.bridgescc.org.